Yo, so this week we're talking about Third Rock from the Sun, and I just wanted to record a quick little preamble as I walk through the snow. Just to mention that, uh, so obviously Third Rock, one of the co-stars, is Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Doesn't really sound like that much of a tongue twister, but I don't know what was going on in my brain when we recorded this episode, but I called him Joseph Gordon-Levitt with an N. And I thought, oh well, that's weird. Little slip of the tongue, maybe no one will notice. And then I did it again right after, and then a few minutes later, I called him that again. So, I mean, that's just weird. I don't think I said his name properly even one time. So I just thought I'd mention that at the start. A little uh, Easter egg hunt you can do. See if you can find all the times that I call him Josin Gordon-Levitt. But I was thinking about that, you know, and uh, I don't think the name Josin is a real name. But the more I sort of think about it, I kind of like it. You know, if you're about to have a kid, maybe, you need a, uh, a new name. Maybe Josin, <laughs> you know? Or you're writing a fantasy novel and you want a name that's like basically a normal name, but just a little bit different. Maybe call your hero Josin. It could be a name for any gender, any species. And the name will be in the honor of the great actor Josin Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> All right, here's the episode. All right, so uh, we've been watching sitcoms where it's about aliens in the family. So we did uh, My Favorite Martian and Out of This World. And then last week we were going to do ALF and Third Rock from the Sun, but I learned so much stuff about ALF. See last week's episode for details that we just did ALF alone because there was all this stuff about the guy who made ALF and the background details. and The show itself and then the final thing, which was like a movie. Yeah, surprising amount of... uh, fairly interesting information about ALF. So this week it's Third Rock from the Sun, but this might be a quick introduction because it was kind of the opposite. Instead of falling down this rabbit hole of all the details, there's very little about this show. It's just basically they made this show, everyone was very professional, it was a very well-liked show, it won a bunch of awards, it ended not out of nowhere, they had the proper ending, and, uh, and that's it. Like, there was no like interesting tidbits about the behind the scenes or about the production or anything. Just everybody had a good time and they made a good show and it won a bunch of awards. Amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah, I was just surprised because I mean, I could really dig real deep, I guess, in like the Watch Mojo, 10 things you didn't know about Third Rock from the Sun or whatever, but I usually don't have to dig that deep. Just, you know, as you do cursory research, if there's anything salacious going on or something, you find out about it. Pretty much the only thing is John Lithgow mentioned that, uh, he wished they hadn't moved the time slot of the show so often because he felt like it hurt the ratings a bit. But again, the that's, show... Yeah, yeah, you know. that certainly isn't a complaint. I mean, a complaint against the production or the show or the actors or... Yeah, I'm surprised that there's not a, you know, a few little funny things where people were not happy. Yeah, if anything, definitely the opposite. So yeah, really all I got here is uh, Third Rock from the Sun is an American television sitcom created by Bonnie and Terry Turner which aired from 96 to 2001 for six seasons, 139 episodes. John Lithgow received an Emmy Award nomination for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series each year that the show was broadcast. I can believe that. And won in 96, 97, and 99. 
Accepting the 1999 award, he said, Many wonderful things have happened to me in my life, but the two best are Third Rock and my dear family. So ridiculously the opposite of Alf, right? Like where everyone was miserable. <laughs> this, it's like, this is one of the best things that ever happened to me. And it is funny because what I always associate him with is right before Third Rock in 93, he was in this uh, Sylvester Stallone movie called Cliffhanger, and he was an evil villain. And then after this show ended, he was on that show Dexter. He was the villain of season four. Yes. Where he's a really creepy serial killer. So, I mean, in my mind, John Lithgow is generally a bad guy. But then right in the middle, here he is. Even in Harry and the Hendersons, he was still the dad who had to tell Bigfoot Harry, go away, we don't want you, go into the woods. You know, and he's doing it to protect the Bigfoot guy, but he still had to be the bad guy. And Third Rock, he's just a goofball. Yeah, and he's Joe Good Guy. <laughs> yeah. And just so good at it. Like, I guess that's really the mark of a good actor, right? What's the word I'm looking for? Just malleable, you know? <laughs> but, you know, I can see that. That what uh, my memory of Third Rock from the Sun is that I always had the impression that those people really enjoyed doing this stuff. It was so crazy and so idiotic. And they were playing these kind of just weird stupid reactions to things but they they yeah they they did look like they were having fun and i guess yeah the basic premise what makes this one different from the other aliens uh on earth show because the other ones like my favorite martian and alf they were stranded on earth and out of this world the girl was just half an alien because her dad was an alien in this case they deliberately come to earth if i remember right just to check it out they're just doing like a uh, you know, Earth, very unimportant planet, but let's just go do a little survey. Let's just check it out. So these aliens that I don't think they ever show what they would look like, but they get tossed in some human bodies and it's just like, go, go just, uh, you know, write a report after of what, what this was like. Because we're, we're vaguely curious. We don't even really care that much back at headquarters, but just a little, if I remember right. I guess we'll see. And, uh, and it is one of those shows like when we were, because we initially started with shows we remembered not as fondly with, with My Favorite Martian and Out of This World. And then they, you know, turned out to be better than we thought. But Alf and Third Rock are the ones that you remember being good. So, uh, yeah. so we'll see, but I especially suspect. Especially Third Rock from the Sun. I, yeah. I, my memories of that are <laughs> all good, all yeah. enjoyable. I'd watch that show anytime. Yeah, which uh, the other sitcom from that era that I have really fond memories of is that 70s show and those names, Bonnie and Terry Turner. Is that their names? Yeah, Bonnie and Terry Turner. I was like, that sounds familiar. So I looked it up. They're the same, I assume, husband and wife team that made that 70s show. They did both. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, they knocked it out of the park in the 90s because, like, you can't really get much better than those two sitcoms for that year. Yeah, because that uh, 70s show, that's that's a really well-done show, too. And those parents in that show are like, <laughs> like they're just so normal, but they're kind of not. There's, there's something about them that's a little off. And so I guess since, uh, since we don't really have much else to say about the uh, behind the scenes of Third Rock, we're just going to watch some episodes and then we'll come back and talk about it. But I just thought I'd bring up now uh, at the start, because it's the same people who made that 70s show, this, I guess, is the most interesting thing I found, was not about this show. When I saw those names, and they seemed familiar, so I checked them out, and it's like, oh, they're the 70s show people. Turns out Netflix just put out recently that 90s show, still made by them, and it's Eric and Donna are married and they have a kid 
And that 90s show is basically the kid has to spend the summer with the parents. So the parents are back, you know. Uh, the grandparents. They'd yeah. be the grandparents now. But now with a new kid who's not right. not Eric. So I was thinking maybe next week. Let's check that out. because yeah. uh, Let's do a, a 70s show and a 90s. Yeah. Do a, do a comparison <laughs> between the two. It's just kind of funny, too, because uh, I... My joke I would always make is if they ever make that 90s show, all they got to do is rename Friends, just put a new title on Friends and call it that 90s show, because Friends to me is the most 90s feeling sitcom. But uh, but I think this will be neat. I mean, we'll talk about it next week, I guess, but just because the 70s and the 90s, like the 90s was kind of a retread of the 70s, so it's neat for the 70s sitcom to now get into the 90s. It's probably going to feel very similar. But anyway, we'll talk about that next week. Yeah, okay. So what I've got for Third Rock... Because we realized, too, last week watching ALF that when you watch the first episode and last episode, it's actually not... It's a little weird because those are always the least normal. The introduction show and then the finish-up show. So the middle shows are really the ones that are probably the best. Yeah, or at least more, far more representative. Because you can kind of skip this first and last episodes of a sitcom. So it's kind of weird that we've been doing that just watching the first and last. However, I still want to watch the first and last just because I'm curious to see how it all wraps up. The first sometimes gives you a bit of information that you didn't have. You've been watching those middle shows because most people, well not most, but a lot of people don't pick up the shows right from the beginning. They just pick them up somewhere along the line. So the introdu- those first shows always give you a little bit of data that you didn't know before, and it kind of enhances the middle the middle shows, but you, which you were just watching. Right. So yeah, first shows are really not a bad idea. Finish up shows, well, they're usually just very emotional and goodbye and farewell and I'll miss you and I love you. Um, it is one of those things that is very unique about sitcoms, like that that it needs to have this kind of weird cyclical recursive storytelling just that you can jump in at any time i mean it's probably a little less in favor nowadays because you know you're not just catching things on tv anymore but it is an interesting way that really nothing else quite does because even soap operas and wrestling and crap like you're supposed to kind of pay attention week to week where sitcoms you really can just dip in and out and just get the hell out of there but that'll again we'll talk about it next week but it'll be interesting to see with that 90s show because it's as far as I understand, it's in the style of an old show, but they just dumped them all on Netflix at the same time because that's how TV works nowadays. But anyway, so yeah, with this middle thing, so I've got the first episode, and then the last episode is a two-parter. So I thought I'd grab a middle one, but I also grabbed a two-parter for the middle one, so we'll have five episodes in total of this because uh, one of the episodes that came up is a, you know again extra award-winning is whenever they would. Uh, talk to home base, talk to their home planet, the thing they were talking to, their boss, was called the Big Giant Head. So there was an episode where the Big Giant Head comes to Earth to see how things are going in this little, you know, research mission they're on. And the Big Giant Head is played by William Shatner. So I was like, that's a win-win. <laughs> so uh, so that's the two-parter. It's uh, for anyone who wants to watch at home. Perfect. <laughs> <Yeah>. Perfect. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> So for anyone watching along, so we got season one, episode one, and then season four, episode 23 and 24, and then the wrap up is season six, episode 19 and 20. So those are the five we're going to watch. So so we will stop back in after with our post third rock chat.
Wow, that's really it, eh? No, like, final thing. I guess it's probably for the best that they don't, even at the end, they don't really try to show what the alien world is like or anything, <laughs> or like their spaceship or their apparently massive bodies, right? <laughs> if they said that the chick would have been trophy, trophy size, size. <laughs> that they're apparently enormous. So yeah, I guess, uh, I mean, obviously that show definitely holds up pretty well. The first thing that we noticed for sure, especially in the earlier episodes, is that the 90s was way more into sex jokes than uh, I think we mostly remember, right? Like, Oh yeah, so much sexual innuendo. Yeah, I mean, I guess it must be like if you think of the curve of things, like Married with Children really kind of kicked that door down in the 80s, and I guess it had just kind of been building and building, because I guess when you think back, like most sitcoms were kind of like this. Even like, I remember there was like a Friends episode where the whole thing was like, one of the dudes walked in on Rachel and she pulled up a blanket in front of her, but it was a wide mesh and they were like joking about her nipples. And I'm like, oh yeah, like I guess every show was like that back then. And then we just hit this point in the 2000s and especially the 2010s where just everything is so politically correct now, which I feel like is starting to, people are getting tired of it. I think we're kind of going back, <laughs> but it is weird to jump back to the 90s and be like, oh yeah, it was just wall-to-wall fucking jokes about dicks and tits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of it was just innuendo. Yeah, yeah. Like the flashlight, and uh, if you were somebody who wasn't thinking on a sexual, like a kid watching that, they wouldn't have picked up on any of that. But as an adult, you're watching and saying, whoa, yeah, it's boy, actually, they're coming right at you, one kind, after the other. Kind of sneaky, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then, yeah, we watched the uh, William Shatner episodes, and man, yeah, like that was a good... <laughs> period for William Shatner, the the mid to late 90s, because, you know, he wasn't the young, handsome William Shatner anymore, but he could just, because all that stuff, like they were joking about his, like his album, his album was terrible. <laughs> so he does that, like he sings in that terrible way. Like he was at this good part in his career where he wasn't trying to take himself seriously anymore. But he could pull off that charming, even though he was an older man in this in this show, he was charming. Yeah. And you could see women not just saying, oh, that's just some old older geezer. Uh, you could see them being charmed right. by him. Yeah, because remember, I think, man, what was it? Was it Nero Wolf or something? It was some old pilot, unaired pilot that we watched and he when he was really young. So yeah, he still has the swagger of a handsome young man, except he's now... 50, 60, yeah. whatever. Yeah, he would have been probably about 60 <laughs> at that time when this was made. And uh, and then, yeah, by the end, it does seem like the show wrapped up at a good time because I noticed pretty quickly in that final season, I'm like, where is Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Because you can really feel his, his the lack of him because the show is always split into, you know, the four people doing their four things. But it's not so much like that Seinfeld way that everything intertwines. A lot of these, they really are doing their own thing. And it just kept going back. Like, it went back too much to the same three. And I was like, wait a minute, where's the fourth guy? What's going on? So I looked it up real quick, and it's because he was going to school in real life and was becoming a famous-ass actor. Because I meant to mention that at the start, that of all these people, John Liskow already had this great career, obviously. But Joseph Gordon-Levitt came out the strongest after. Because there was a period for a while where he was in, like, every movie, and they were all pretty good. Like, if you just watch a random movie he's in, it's probably pretty good. So uh, I feel like they did wrap it up just in time. Like, if you're already starting to lose people, like I was telling you while we were watching, like that 70s show, man, I wish they had just stopped a little sooner. Because once you start losing people, the whole core of the show, like, you can't just replace people. It's it's over. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, it seems like they wrapped up and pretty good. And maybe there is a 
once you've got a good product, there, you should probably be looking at the end of it because some of these other shows that we've watched that have carried on for 12, 13, 14, 15 years, the plots are really poor and the, the, the whole premise is tiresome. Right. So to plan on, I don't know if they planned this, like to run for a six-year run or a five- or six-year run, but if they did, it was a real smart move. Like to when you do your first show, you're actually planning for your last show. Yeah, which, I mean, I don't know if they had it that planned out, yeah. but yeah, certainly I, it's... Yeah, I don't know if they did either, but uh, to, to drag these shows on for years and years and years so that they lose the the value. I mean, we've watched some of them where we've said the early shows are excellent, and then as they get on further, they, they drag. Yeah, I mean, I'd say it happens more often than not in uh, North American TV. It's it's very rare for an ending to feel logical or to be good. Like, yeah, either shows get unceremoniously canceled or they just peter out over and over and over, which I think is one of the huge reasons why British shows tend to be better, not only because there's fewer episodes, but they don't just try to... <laughs> squeeze blood from a stone pathetically like we do like even uh, actually i've been watching over at my cousin's place this uh watchman show there's the old uh, comic book the watchman hbo made a series about it and it's only one season they made like nine episodes and it's over and they didn't make any more and it's like man that's so great because if they had made season two probably be okay and then by season three it wouldn't be okay and everyone would stop watching it and they'd be like just just stop <laughs> it's so bad to stop <laughs> So yeah, the other thing about this show that especially William Shatner brought into focus, but but all of them in general, is, you know, this show is way over the top and really zany and weird, but it's like, if if these had been normal characters, that would be, you know, like there are sitcoms like that, like they're just obnoxious. It's just like, how can these people be this ridiculous? But that's a benefit in this show because they're aliens. That actually is a good thing. And it's like, it would be weird if they didn't act like that. And it's such a genius... Like, I think they've pulled this off better than any of the other Alien on Earth shows we've been watching in the sense of, let's take advantage of the fact that these are aliens. Because my favorite Martian, you know, Uncle Martin the Martian, he was a good actor, but he's very staid and very normal. And Alf is just, you know, the smart-alecky, Catskills comedian. You know, where these, these people, these characters, this only works because they're aliens. And because they are not on Earth by accident. That was a plan for them to be there. Yeah. And they always talk about the mission, the end of the mission. So you know that something's going to end eventually. And their learning experiences on Earth are are part of a learning experience. It's not accidents that they get caught up in which, with the other shows. Well, it holds up. I mean, we watched the beginning, the middle, the end, and uh, the ending show was just as good as the first. Yeah, I think we should definitely, from here on in, if I can, for sitcoms specifically, stick with this idea of, because I, I still like to see the start and the end just to see, but the middle is an important piece. It's, it's You can't lose the middle, because then the way the middle is, is the show. It's how the show really is, so... It's, it's interesting, too, to see those people. I mean, it's not surprising that Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I mean, obviously, he was also the youngest, but that, and he's a pretty good actor, and, you know, young, handsome man, it's not surprising he took off. Whereas, on the other hand, like, the dude that plays Harry, French Stewart, I've seen him in other things, but more so before this show. Like, if you go watch old movies, he's in them sometimes and stuff. But I'm not surprised his career didn't really go anywhere because he's he's perfect in this show. He's perfect as just the weird dumb guy who's the transmitter 
but he's like born to play that guy <laughs> you know he's the opposite of like we went and watched a little clip from uh john lithgow's appearance in dexter where he's like kidnapping a child and he's like the scariest man in the world and it's like man it's so weird like to flip back and forth like how is this guy that guy how is he both guys whereas french stewart no you know who else is he gonna play how is he gonna be anyone besides that he's not gonna play like a drug kingpin or something in some movie one other thing that makes this show successful the four characters are completely distinct from one another distinct personalities um they don't overlap with one another they don't compete with one another right and i think that's part of the success of that show nobody is like a duplicate of the other and it's kind of neat in specific that the uh, security agent is now the hot broad and the old cantankerous man is the hormonal teen. Like the other two characters are less of that idea, but the that duality is just kind of neat. It's kind of a neat thing that, again, you wouldn't be able to do without the, the alien conceit. So yeah, good job, Bonnie and Terry Turner. You did, you did all right <laughs> in the 90s. You fucking knocked it out of the park twice. So good job. And yeah, speaking of them, I guess we'll see now what they're up to these days because uh, they're both quite old now. I think when I looked them up, I mean, they're in like their 80s, but Netflix came a knocking and was like, let's make that 90s show. So, so next week we'll watch that and see how that goes. Okay.